Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been enjoying what you've been hearing. Uh, we also hope that you've been challenged by and that you've been responding faithfully to what you've been hearing uh, from God's Word. This morning, being the fourth Sunday of Lent, is the fourth of, I, of our five-part series uh, from 1 John. And we'll be dealing with chapter 4, specifically, in 1 John. And the title is quite simple, like it has been these last few weeks. No and love. Enjoy. I invite you to turn with me to John's first New Testament epistle, chapter 4. I might have to come up with jokes or something. Last week, I, I forget what I was saying. Maybe I was giving a pitch about the podcast to kind of kill time while you found it. Now, some of you stopped flipping through your Bibles and started looking at me. Don't do that. I'm trying to kill time for you. First John, chapter 4. The word of our Lord from John's first New Testament epistle. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming, and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He was given us He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no love, no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. 
For he who does not love his brother whom he has not seen, who he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever love loves God must also love his brother. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity together this morning to be able to read it. And we pray that you would bless the reading of your holy word to our hearts and to our minds so that we might know you as you are and so that we might love you with all of whom we are. And we pray all this in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Everyone, not everyone who claims to have a word from God speaks for God. That's an important principle to keep in mind. In fact, not everyone who claims to be a Christian is a Christian. For not everyone who talks about Jesus is a disciple of Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus, we must truly submit ourselves to Him as He is. And we must truly follow Him where He leads. Nothing short of this, nothing missing this mark will do. And so it's important for us to keep in mind that what you believe matters. For truth matters. Reality matters. I say often, quoting the title of a book, ideas have consequences. What you believe matters. It is possible to be deeply sincere and yet be sincerely and deeply wrong. Our prayer ought always be, God, help us and keep us from missing you on account of our wayward hearts. What is the measure of Christian truth? The Scriptures. God's Word to us. God's revelation to us of Himself. That is the measure of Christian truth. As Wesley said, we are people of one book. Oh, give us that book because God has put Himself into it. He has revealed Himself to us in this book. And so it's incumbent upon us if we are to be believers in Him, if we were to be disciples of Jesus, to be true hearers of His Word. But not hearers only, as James said, but we must also be faithful doers of His Word to us. Jesus Himself said, If you love Me, obey My instructions. So we've got to be people who know His instructions. People who have heard His voice. In his book, Letters to Malcolm, chiefly on prayer, C.S. Lewis said, May it be, he started with a prayer, May it be the real I who speaks. May it be the real thou that I speak to. In other words, when I come to you, God, I want to be honest about who I am. I want to be candid about who I am. I don't want to hide parts of my life from you. I don't want to hide off compartments of my heart from you. I want to be the real me before you. I want to be your honest patient, but may it be the real you that I'm coming to. Not some figment of my imagination, not you as I wish you would be, 
Not what I hope you to be, but Lord, may I come to you honestly and humbly as I am, and may I come to you as you've revealed yourself to be. Jesus Himself said, if you reject Me, you reject the Father also. If you lose Me, you lose Him. To miss Jesus, I've been saying for these last few weeks, and actually I've been saying for a couple of years now, to miss Jesus is to miss everything. He is the most important thing. He is the one that makes sense of all other things. He is the one in whom we live and move and have our beings. He is the one in whom all things are held together. And so to miss Him is to miss everything. And to miss Him as He really is, is to miss the real Him, and therefore, again, to miss Him altogether. Simply put, every person who comes to God must come to God personally. But no person can ever come to Him on His own terms. We don't get to make the arrangement. He has made an arrangement for us and His Son. The Father has made a way to Himself through His Son, Jesus. Think of it this way. If you refuse the physician, you lose the cure. This does not mean that God will in the end spitefully punish us for accidentally missing Him. No, in the end, every man gets what he truly wants. As Wesley put it, no man goes to hell apart from his own choosing. But to desire Jesus, we must develop an appetite for Him. An appetite for what He offers. Because He offers things that are initially quite unappetizing to us. He says things that are truly off-putting to us. Unless you've put Him on. He says things like, you cling to yourself and you'll lose it. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross daily and you must follow me. He says things like, unless a grain of wheat falls down to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it falls to the earth and dies, it will bear much fruit. These Things that Jesus tells us, they are off-putting to us in our natural selves. They're even terrifying to us. But if they're ever to become appealing to your heart's desire and to my heart's desire, then we'd better get around Jesus and we'd better get around His people. We'd better start feeding our souls with His Word We'd better start reading the Scriptures, being people of the book. Think of how many people are dissatisfied with the church. Sometimes we'll say things like, I'm just not being fed. Think about how often you yourself have said things like that. The strange thing is that most of us don't really want to be fed by the church. We want to be entertained. We don't want to hear the hard realities of 
of, of life. And we certainly don't want to hear the hard realities of the life to which we're called, which is the life of a cross. We want to be told everything is okay. We want to be told that what we like is fine. That how we live is totally acceptable. We want to be told that all is fine in the world. We want to be entertained. We want to be placated. And we'll go wherever something is exciting. Wherever things are happening. Until we get bored with that. And then we'll move on to something newer, something better, something more sparkly. But if you're ever to grow up as a disciple of Jesus, if you're ever to move from being a fanboy of Christ to being a true follower, you must get to know His Word. And you must stick around this motley crew of disciples of the cross. Those who have died to themselves have taken up their cross and have followed Jesus. How you love matters. For God is love. John says it over and over. God is love. And we know that God is love because Jesus is the emblem of God's love. He is the gift of God's love. He is God's love incarnate to us. Wearing our flesh. Jesus is the love of the Father. John says, manifest to us. Out among us. Entering into this world with us. And so he defines what love is. He is not just our example, but he is love itself. He is you might say the archetype of love personified in real human flesh. Notice a couple of things about what John says and about John. John addresses his audience as beloved. He does it five times in this short epistle. Beloved. Three times here in chapter 4. Beloved. He himself is known throughout church history as John the Beloved. Funny thing, John wasn't always known as the Beloved. In fact, we know about Peter that Jesus changed Peter's name. He gave him a new name, a nickname. But we often forget that Jesus also gave John and his brother James nicknames. In fact, one nickname together. Boanerges. What do you imagine that weird Greek word means? Sons of thunder. These are the two that turned to Jesus one day and said, hey, this village isn't accepting our gospel. They want nothing to do with you. Should we pray fire down on them? Ah, sons of thunder. Good grief. 
Another funny thing is that in his gospel, John is hardly even noticed. He's hardly even noticed at all until John chapter 13. And suddenly he begins referring to himself over and over again as the disciple whom Jesus loved. What changed him? At the beginning of John chapter 13, we read that having loved his own, Jesus loved them to the very end. And what then happens is John says, Jesus knows that he is being betrayed. He knows that the cross awaits him the very next day. And he gets up from the table having enjoyed a meal with Peter who would deny him. John says specifically with also Judas who was in that moment already betraying him. And he begins to wash the disciples' feet. It seems that in that moment of humbling and self-giving and other-serving love that John realizes, I am the object of his love. Jesus says, you call me Lord. And teacher. And you're correct. I am your Lord and teacher. But if I, as your Lord and, and teacher, have loved you like this, you ought to love one another in the same way. Jesus washes John's filthy feet, and John becomes transformed from being an unmentionable extra to suddenly the object of cruciform love. Of all people, John tells us, he loved me. Of all people, my master got down on his hands and knees and washed my feet. Of all people, He hung on the cross for me and poured out His life for me because of love. This is why it seems that John in his epistle is so caught up with and captivated by. He's preoccupied by this idea of a new command. It's not a new command. God has always expected us to love one another. But it's new in the sense that God became incarnate and washed our feet and gave His life simply because He loves us. John calls us then to love like Jesus. He promises us the redemptive possibilities of triune love in us and among us as His people and through us for the sake of the world. He says that love can be perfected in us. Driving out fear. Causing us to love God unwaveringly. 
undividedly, completely. And he says that love is perfected in us when we share that love with others. You are not a reservoir of God's love. You are to be a river, a conduit. God loves you. And through you, He wants to love others. Particularly, John has in mind, the brothers, he says. The family of God. Fellow believers. Those with whom we live this life of cross-bearing and discipleship. John tells us three things about abiding in Christ. He tells us we know we abide in Christ by the indwelling presence of His Holy Spirit, by His Spirit living in us. He tells us that we know we abide in Christ by belief in Jesus as the world's only Redeemer. The eternal Son who really became a human being in order to redeem all of humanity. And He tells us that we know we abide in Him by the evidence of that in our lives, by the outworking of His love in our lives as we love one another. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, when He washed the disciples' feet, He said, by this the world will know that you are my disciples. By how you love one another. John tells us that we live as the presence of Christ in the world. The light of the world shining radiantly in the darkness around us. We live offering hope, striving for peace, celebrating in joy, and living in a holy, self-giving love. And he tells us that living in such a reality, there is no need for fear. For we... He's already said, are the children of God. Fear is about paranoia and self-protection. Being far too self-aware. But the aim of God's love in your life and in mine is to get us so beyond ourselves that we live not in self-interested fear, but in perfected love. God's goal is not to take your life away from you, to steal all your fun and rob you of all your toys. God's goal is to receive from you freely your life so that He might perfect it and give it back to you freely. As I mentioned last week, He will not stop 
until the job is done. He will not quit until the whole work is finished. And His invitation to us is the same invitation that you hear in the words of Jesus to those that have gathered around Him and to any who might hear Him. Come to Me and you'll find living water. Come to Me as I am. Come to Me as you are. Come to Me honestly. Come to Me freely. Come to Me personally and completely. And I'll give you My Spirit who will radically change you. Who will radically reorder your life and empower you to take up your cross and follow. But that invitation is contingent upon us coming to Him as we are and coming to Him as He is. And it's directed toward Him consuming all of who we are with all of who He is. Let's pray. Father, we come to You because You offer us life. You offer us hope and love, joy and peace. Lord, You offer us all those things for which our hearts long. Lord, help us to surrender the entirety of ourselves to You. Help us to hear clearly and to take seriously Your Son's invitation to come, to deny ourselves, to take up our crosses today and follow You. Holy Spirit, would You move among us? Would You help us to respond with all of who we are? Help us us to respond personally. Help us to respond completely. Lord, in this moment, may we give every part and every compartment of our lives to You. Amen. Please have a seat. Heavenly Father, giver of all that is good, of all that is true, of all that is beautiful, we desperately need You. You are the One for whom our souls long. For You made us to know You and love You, to be known by You and loved by You. Lord, You know everything about us. 
And still you love us personally, passionately, and perfectly. We love you because you first loved us and gave your Son to redeem us from all sin. Your love is perfect. Your love is faithful. Your love is holy. You've shown us what love is. In your incarnate, crucified, and risen Son, Jesus, You've shown us how to love. You've called us to love You with all of who we are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've called us to love our neighbors as ourselves, even our enemies. Please help us to love one another and therefore to be known as true disciples of Christ. We thank You, Jesus, for giving Your life for us to destroy our death. We thank You for sharing Your righteousness with us to cleanse us from our sins. We thank You, Holy Spirit, for giving us new life in Christ, making us beloved children of the Father. We thank You for filling us with the radiance of Your perfect love. Eternal and triune God, You are faithful and always good. You are compassionate and full of mercy. You are righteous in all that You do. You are holy and we love You. Lord, You know every need among us. You know all of the burdens that we are bearing. You know all of those things that are sitting in our minds at this moment. Lord, we pray that You would help us to trust You in all things and in all ways. We lift up our friend Audrey Brookshire to You and we pray that You would touch her, that You would give her relief from these seizures. We pray that You would touch her, that You would help the doctors to figure out what's wrong and to know best how to treat it. Lord, give her rest. We lift up Todd and Riquet to You as they travel today. We lift up Rick to You as he travels today. We pray that You would be with them, that You would watch over them, that You would bring them home safely. Lord, we lift up Kelly to You as she continues to recover from surgery. We pray that You would help her leg to heal completely and quickly. We lift up Heather's grandfather to You, Mr. Cecil, and pray that You would touch him, that You would give him grace that is needed. We pray that You would help Heather and Ryan and their family as they continue to care for him and love him as he um, continues these chemo treatments. Lord, help them. We lift up Nettie to you and pray that you would be with her. Touch her. Give her strength. Help her as she continues to fight. Lord, we lift up Miss Davies to you as she's been diagnosed with cancer. We lift up Miss Margie to you as she continues to need friends and need encouragement. We ask that you would be with both of these ladies that we've been able to serve. Help them, strengthen them, give them grace. We lift up 
our friend Emily to you in Japan, and we rejoice with her that she's there and been there for a couple of weeks. We pray that you would continue to watch over her, meet every need that she has, help her as she continues to build connections and establish relationships. Lord, we lift up Boyd to you. We miss him this morning. We pray that you would be with him as he continues to search for a new job. Lord, help him open the right door for him. Help him to know that we miss him and love him. Lord, we lift up John's friend Abby to you. We pray that you would be with her, that you would help her as she goes through chemo treatments and possible surgeries and all that is entailed in her fighting this cancer that she's been diagnosed with so recently. We ask that you would be with her, that you would strengthen her. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing among us. We thank you for each other. We thank you for these new opportunities to meet outside of this room in each other's homes to study your word together. We pray that you would be with our small groups, help them continue to grow, and Lord, help us continue to grow by them. Lord, we love you, again, because you first loved us. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world. Please give us this bread evermore so that He may live in us and we may live in Him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. May we all go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.